Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Hitting the stretchiest of the home stretch of the NBA regular season. Just four days remaining. Welcome, men. It's also Masters Week. And in about 20 minutes or so, give or take, we're going to be joined by a guy who uh, contended at Augusta. It's played at Augusta. Hunter Mahan, former uh Current PGA Tour player uh, going to be joining us here on Fox Sports Radio, breaking down what's going on at the uh, at, at the Augusta National Golf Club as it is round one of the Masters. We are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. You heard Isaac say it. John Rahm and Victor Hovland have a share of the lead. Uh, Tiger Woods, a round of two. Two over 74 today. Uh, something we touched on in the beginning. We encourage you to uh, check out the podcast if you missed it. But uh, really a, uh, a, a limping tiger, which is kind of the norm now, uh, walking around getting a 74 today, which currently stands in a tie for 53rd. You'll have to do a little work tomorrow to try to play the weekend. Um, but I think it's great to see Tiger. But, yeah, it's just not the same Tiger that we uh, we were all accustomed to seeing. Kind of like 
Rich, maybe not the same LeBron James that we're accustomed to seeing because he was going to NBA Finals for years and years and years, and that is no longer the case. And it's what made last night to me stand out so much in how things have changed for LeBron and really in how things have changed in perspective of, of where the Lakers and and LeBron are at this point of the season. Like, LeBron is complaining um, about scheduling, doing doing so in a, in a very subtle, subtle way. But this is this is something we wouldn't have seen during his heyday uh, with the Miami Heat or the Cleveland Cavaliers. They would just be like, "All right, we'll go out. It's okay. We'll go ahead and beat you anyway." But it's gotten to the point. I think where LeBron and the Lakers, uh, or at least LeBron's gotten to the point. Well, yeah, maybe some th- certain things bother him. Maybe things aren't going his way. Gets under his skin a little bit, and he didn't like the back to back that they had to play to wrap up their road trip. Yeah, yeah, and and listen, we're living in an era at this point where a lot of the stars from yesteryear are are starting to age and they're not making decisions or comments that um, we're used to hearing right like for example when have we ever heard tom brady talk about his personal life and use that as an excuse you sure know? yeah you know yeah. he missed never he missed he missed parts of training camp and then when he came back he was like hey guys you know I've got a lot of bleep going on, just like the rest of you. You know, I'm just trying yeah. to figure it all out. It's like we never heard that before. You know, Tiger Woods, you know, and, and granted, maybe he has a great excuse because he had like life-saving surgery, let alone leg-saving surgery to get back to where he's at. But, you know, instead of the normal, you know, Tiger Woods at the podium, we hear a guy who's talking about how he's trying to manage his new normal and, you know, make as good a strides as he can and play competitive golf. But, the you know, the fire isn't quite there the way it used to be. Um, Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick, for crying out loud, is making mis- uh, making excuses. <laughs> sure. I yeah. mean, when, last 25 when, years. When have we ever heard him talk about, like, his credentialing at the podium? But, like, you know, he's answering a question about, hey, what would you tell the fans to expect for this upcoming season, especially since, you know, you guys had a lack of success last year? And he goes, I don't know, maybe use the last 25 years as a reference. It's just like, yeah, I mean, that's these are all firsts, and these are all happening fast. And then here we are with LeBron James, you know. Instead of talking about how – you know, it's postseason LeBron time, you know, it's it's time to turn it on. This is where the season begins, you know, we're we're you know, we're gunning for a higher seed. We want to get out of the play in tournament, get into the you know, get into the real tournament. You know, he's he's complaining about scheduling. I, I just listen, I, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's expected. Like a star doesn't have to age gracefully, but there is something I don't know. It's there's just something that that really sort of grates on your nerves a little bit where you hear somebody who for decades, literally decades in all four of the cases we were just talking about have have had this like insane competitive edge to them every time they spoke to the public to see them start to make excuses now. It it's it's odd. It it just strikes me as odd every time I hear one of these st- these stars speak that way. And we're going to hear from LeBron in just a second, but it felt like an argument to me that was built on toothpicks. And 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 this was this was LeBron after last night's loss to the Clippers. Um, it's a, it's a little lengthy, but I think it's worth it. And pay, please pay, uh, pay particular attention 
to what he says in the last uh, last bit of the the clip. But this was LeBron after they lost. Go ahead. It's one of the tougher, uh, toughest games we've had this year. Just uh, you know, coming off the road trip, and even though this was a road game, you know, just um, you know, getting back, you know, late last night, but after an overtime game, and you know, it was a tough game for us. Obviously, we started off in the first half, not so playing Laker basketball. We had some good spurts, but uh, not enough. So this is one of those uh, those scheduling conflicts, you know, in the <laughs> season, and uh, definitely got the best of us tonight. Scheduling conflicts in the season. Of course, he's talking about. Uh, back-to-backs, and uh, we know LeBron's take on back. The one uh, take on back-to-backs, Rich. The one thing I will say is LeBron is at least consistent. Yeah. Like I think when you're complaining about scheduling, you, you can only have it like in in certain ways. You're either against load management, and that means you can't care about how the NBA schedules, or you're for load management, which LeBron is, which allows you to complain about scheduling. But I don't think that LeBron should be complaining about scheduling because you know why? I don't think that the NBA was sitting there making a schedule last summer or fall and said, hey, what's one way we can stick it to the Lakers, you know, at the end of the season? And then somebody pops up and says, well, how about this? Uh, How about let's let's just throw this scenario out that they're 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 in a tight race with the uh, Clippers and the Warriors are also involved, and they're jockeying for the five, six, and seven spots, and they're trying to get out of the playing tournament. How can we screw LeBron in this scenario? Well, I got an idea. Let's make a play a back-to-back at the end of a five-game road trip, even though that last game is in L.A. Perfect. Genius. It's absurd, okay? And I know that's not what LeBron is saying, that, 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 that this was all set up for them. But what LeBron is doing is, is he's not taking responsibility for any of the games that the Lakers had lost previously, which wouldn't have made the scheduling conflict be so conflicting to them. All they had to do, Rich, was win a couple of more games. And you're not sitting there arguing. Instead, you're looking at a road trip where you t- took four games on this road trip. You you know, you went to Houston, you went to Chicago, you went to Utah, you won the, you won these games that you needed to win. And if you look at the road trip as a whole, four and one on that road trip where they could have been maybe on the outside looking in was an extreme success. But you lose to the Clippers again, which has become their bugaboo, what, 11 in a row or whatever it's been. The It's just the fact that it goes to this. Like, they, they really didn't need to go to this. They could have just, you know, Clippers maybe were better last night. But to sit there and say, like, uh, scheduling, scheduling got us again. They are who they are, and if you won a couple more games, you wouldn't have had to worry about the scheduling. Yeah, yeah. Listen, <laughs> that is such a perfect point. Uh, you you know when when you wouldn't be bothered by a back to back is if you guys were, I don't know, fifty and thirty going into this. You know, I these final two games. Yeah. You know, I, they, then it wouldn't be a problem. Uh, <laughs> if, listen, even if even Rich, even if if they were two games up. If they were two games up and you have the back-to-back decision, yeah. so they're two games up on the Clippers, what you could say is, all right, we've got a back-to-back here. How do we maximize this back-to-back? Yeah. Do we go all in on the Utah game because, you know, we can win that one? Or do we go all in on the Clippers game, maybe put that Utah game in harm's way, and we could leave 0-2? A lot of times what teams would do is, you know what, we're going to make sure we're going to get the win against the bad team. We're going to make or the, the, the team that isn't as good. So we're going to 
go all in on Utah, and we would rest our guys against the Clippers because it wasn't a given that you would get the win against the Clippers. Now, they did need to go to overtime to beat Utah, but that would even have been a scenario where if they were up two games, you could have just said, we're going to play our guys in Utah, and we're not going to play them against the Clippers, and we're just going to try to finish out the, the string that way over these last couple of games. You win a couple more games, you have a lot more at your disposal, including sitting guys last night like they could have if they would have been two or three games up. Yeah, 44 and 36, or I don't know, 45 and mm-hmm. 35, something like that. Like, if, if your record was even just a little bit better you you could have you could have been in a situation a much different situation look again I'm not going to criticize somebody for an injury it is amazing what LeBron James is still able to do at his age let alone uh, dealing with some of the injuries that he's recently been dealing with I I do think when the Lakers are 100% healthy and they've had a little time to gel and play together and get used to all the, you know, the stars on the court together, I think they're still one of the most dangerous teams in the NBA. The problem is there are other stars around the West, especially, but around the NBA who are younger and healthier and aren't complaining about end of season back-to-backs. It's just, look, I mean, sports... It's a young man's game. Doesn't matter what sport yeah. you're talking about. We could be talking about bowling right now. Age matters. Age matters in life. I, I mean, it's it's. I I I mean, I'm not an ageist. I, I'm, I was just talking about how Tiger Woods has been, you know, one of my sports heroes. I mean, he's an incredible athlete, and he's and and he may be entering the greatest era of his career, considering he's still competitive after, you know, after handling and dealing with. All of the 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 physical uh, uh, ailments that he suffered over the past decade. I mean, it's just incredible what he's doing. So I'm still amazed at the spectacle of LeBron James when LeBron James is 100% healthy. But I hate the excuses. I don't like hearing it from Tom Brady. I don't like hearing it from Bill Belichick. I don't love hearing it from Aaron Rodgers or 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 Tiger Woods even. Yeah, it's just yeah. It, it, it's I I just I just think it it comes off. I've always tried to be careful of this when when I was playing, especially like I always was try I always tried to be careful who I complained to about the job, right? Because when you're making as much money as you are and you're playing a game. Even with all of the injuries that you expose yourself to playing football, and that's a very violent sport. When I was talking to my buddy who was literally digging ditches, like he was a construction worker and he was trying to work his way up the ladder, like he would show up to the job site at five in the morning and would be digging trenches. And to complain to him about how hard of a day I had, it just seemed ridiculous. And I think that. I think that's the perspective that a lot of these athletes, a lot of these coaches, a lot of these superstars, they lose sight of is who are you talking to? You're speaking to the general public. You're telling me you can't suck it up for a back-to-back like that's too big of an ask. I'm sorry, LeBron. I mean, then that means you're too old. Yeah, there's great, great points. And let somebody else say that. Let you and me come on today being like, you know what? The Lakers didn't have it last night. But what do you expect him to do? You know, the NBA makes him play a back-to-back after, a, you know, a road trip that took him across the country, and then they have to immediately play in L.A. and the Clippers had all these days off. That's what people were doing before the game. But when you end up bringing it up, it sounds like it's sour grapes. And they accomplished a lot. Like, that road trip was an absolute success. 
Last night was a big game that many pointed even, you know, as soon as they beat the Jazz. Heck, even before they beat the Jazz, a lot were pointing at, at the game that occurred last night. Clippers shorthanded themselves without Paul George uh, end up dominating the game. And, yeah, the Lakers were sluggish at the beginning and couldn't get it going. And it you know, really wasn't much of a game except for a little spurt in the second half. But but that's kind of the the let us say it. You know, and Mark Medina joined us last hour, and I, I completely agree with Mark. I want athletes to say whatever they feel. But I also feel that LeBron saying that it's contrived in a way that he wants to get his point out that he's not happy with the scheduling in in, in a in such a in such a subtle way. If you want to come out and say, you know, this back to back screwed us and blah blah blah, you know, maybe he's trying to avoid the fine. I I, I just. It, it, to me, it was, you know what, you got beat probably by the better team, even though they had, they had the same record last night. Um, but if but if, if you are ready to do what you're ready to do, it shouldn't matter. Should have won a couple more games earlier in the season. You wouldn't have been in this position in the yeah. first place. And then on top of it, like if if you want to make real change, um, maybe 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 do more work as a union rep. You know what I mean? Maybe have more of an active role, you know, defending sure. the the interests of the players, you know, behind the scenes. Now, don't get me wrong. I think there's a time and a place to exert your leverage and talk about competitive fairness and and uh, and 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 have those grievances and those complaints come out. Um, but th- like you said, this just sort of sounds like whining, you know, and, and I don't know LeBron James to be a whiner. You know, I, yeah. I mean, as a matter of fact, <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I get, yeah, 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 making an argument there. Yeah, oh. no, it's a good point. I look it, the point point made. I it's it's really one of those things though that it's just I feel like some of these guys they're so isolated inside this bubble inside this world where they have a lot of people who will tell them what they want to hear, and they have a lot of people who will laugh at their jokes. Like that was a subtle jab at the NBA and the report who are crowded around him all chuckled along with him and then they moved on to the next question and I get it I, I mean it, that's the reporter's job they're there to ask questions these players are there to answer questions and like you said I'd, I'd prefer him to answer all questions honestly but I mean if that's honestly how he feels to me it just sort of sounds like geez you know I mean, you could all you could be critical of the NBA, or you could be critical of the team that you're playing on that didn't win enough to put you in a situation where you could rest on a back-to-back. He's Rich Hornberger. I'm Dan Bayer. Progressive is making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Get Rich on Twitter at Ornberger. You can find me, Dan Bayer, on Twitter at Dan Bayer on Fox. Coming up next, John Rahm double bogeyed his first hole of the day at the Masters. But after that, my goodness, what's it like to be in the zone at Augusta National? We'll ask someone who has traveled the grounds many a times. That's next year on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. 
Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Dan Beyer. He's Rich Orenberger sitting in for Doug today as we are live from the TireRack.com studios. Isaac Lohenkron will give us a full update of what's going on in round one of the Masters to give us a taste of what life is like at Augusta National as a guy who's finished in the top 10 at the Masters three times during his career. The one and only six-time PGA Tour winner, Hunter Mahan, joins the program. Hunter, how are you? Very good, Dan. Thank you uh, for having me on. So, uh, so, so let's dive in. Rich and I talked a little Tiger Woods. We'll get to Tiger a little bit later, but explain... Explain to us what John Rahm did. And for those that maybe are in their car, maybe they're just getting off work, uh, hopping in, starts off double bogey today and then uh, plays the rest of the round nine under par over the next 17 holes, finishes at seven under after a 65. Is there a way you can put into words the type of round that John Rahm had today? Um, I mean, he's really one of the best players in the world. I think he's been waiting for this week, so... Um, I think for him, (laughs) 
you know, you think like, I want to get off to a good start. And then you like four puts per soul. And he's like, well, crap. But <laughs> I think he just started, I think, I think it probably calmed him down a little bit. Cause I'm sure he was pretty amped up because um, for a guy like him, these are the moments that you want to play in. And so the conditions are fantastic. I think he still had confidence in his swing and how he was actually playing and having a par five on the next goal. I think he birdied that one, got himself back into the rhythm of the game and he looked darn right flawless after that. So, um, the conditions are perfect, and he took a, took advantage of that, and it showed his, uh, probably a lot of maturity today for uh, for someone who's trying to win uh, another major. Speaking of maturity, these golf changes or these golf courses have to change year after year because the game has changed, and so we're seeing at Augusta, like many courses that host annual tournaments, the changes being made, mostly making these courses longer. For example, the uh, 13th hole, it's a tricky hole to play. At Augusta National, it's now going to be 35 yards longer. You know, in, in terms of where the technology is pushing the game of golf and how much stronger these athletes are, do you think there's going to be a point where the PGA will really have to institute you know, restrictions on exactly how far the ball can sail or how fast these clubs can swing? Or do you think that's just sort of an idle threat? Well, the, the USGA is coming after the ball, and they're, they're going to do that. They're fully going to put a limit on the ball. And now I don't know how they're going to do that, right? They're gonna, I, I know they've had conversations with all the ball companies to figure out how are we going to limit the distance of these balls and the flight and everything. Um, but that's definitely coming. Now the question is, what's the PGA Tour going to do about it? Are they just going to say, well, that's their rule and this is our rule? But I know a lot of players have been sort of for that. And but there's been players like you know Tiger came out, Rory came out, so they're very they're totally on board with the limited flight ball. So um, you know, technology of the game in the game the last ten years from so many perspectives, from a teaching perspective and from the ball and from clubs has made golf a lot different um, and evolved and it's changed the, how course setup is, is how course architecture is going to really move forward. It's going to be really, really interesting. Some of these courses though are just, they are what they are. They can do very little to change that except, um, you know, add some bunkers in the certain carry distances and make greens really fast. Uh, but it is going to be something to think about because clearly a lot of these major organizations are thinking about it and they're trying to figure out how they can keep, um, sort of the game of golf and the history of these courses sort of intact moving forward. Hunter Mahan joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. He's Rich Hornberger. I'm Dan Byer sitting in for Doug Gottlieb on the Doug Gottlieb Show talking Masters. Do you like the changes they made on 13? Um, I think the, I think it was probably inevitable. I, I You know, we'll, we'll kind of see how it plays this year, but this hole is still reachable. It's still uh, reachable for almost every player in the field. So I, I, I do like it. Um, it's still going to add the roars on the back, man, because Augusta, hearing the roars and hearing the opportunities for Eagles, for guys to make up a lot of shots on the back down on Sunday is one of, the, one of the coolest things about this event. So I, I think it's, um, it's, it was probably necessary, um, but uh, and, and I think it's just going to change, you know, maybe guys, because a lot of guys are hitting three-wood. Now they're probably just going to be hitting drivers. And it might make the hole a little bit easier in some capacity because they know they, they're not going to go through. So we'll see how it kind of plays this week, and, and we'll probably get a lot of data from, from the event and how it yeah. played from different years, which was kind of neat. But um, it was probably inevitable a change like that was going to happen. 
I can tell you right now, and just sorry to interrupt, Rich. Uh, one eagle, twenty nine birdies, twenty nine pars, nine bogeys, and one double uh, today on thirteen. Wow! So yeah. I mean, the the, the, Very, the lack yeah. of the you know, like I, I guess that yeah. that was the worry, like that you're taking eagle out of the equation. We only had one today. Yeah, so. it is a tough pin. It's all the way on that back right too. It's not super easy to kind of get back there. So we'll, we'll see when the pins are up on the front where it's a little bit more accessible to be aggressive. But um, that's not, you know, you know, it's kind of 50-50 there, probably playing around, around five, which is kind of um, probably what they want. Over the course of your career, how did things evolve competing against Tiger Woods? Like, did you notice at, at times there it felt different when he was on – I mean, certainly when he was in that winning window, it was – insane and a lot of people have outlined that but did you notice different evolutions of of his competitiveness and what it really felt like being on on tour with him and competing uh during tournaments with tiger woods over the course of your career yeah he's he had sort of like this kobe evolution i always felt like in terms of when he came out it was to win and to destroy like there was no other option like i am here to to win tournaments, and that's just about it. And I'm here to destroy you, and I don't care about your feelings at the end of the day. We're, I'm not here to be your friend. Um, and then it's as time, it seems like he's appreciated the game of golf and appreciated the guys on tour more and more. Like He's got real friendships, real deep friendships with a lot of these guys on tour, especially guys um, in their 30s and even younger. Like I think he's kind of entered that mentor uh, mentorship type of period. And I think he really likes that. He really enjoys it because at the end of the day, he truly, truly loves to play golf and he loves to compete. And he's just like every, you know, every amateur out there who's going to the range and to just hit that pure feeling. That's an addicting feeling is to hit, you know, some five iron straight up in the air, just the way you imagined and hit it soft on the green and just right where you're looking to set up an eagle or a birdie or something. That's what gets Tiger Woods going. And that's never, ever changed from all the time that I played with him when he was playing great um, to maybe when he was struggling after Hank, he truly loves to work and he loves the game of golf. And that's even, you know, a guy who's, you know, his leg is clearly in rough, rough shape. He's still here to compete and to challenge himself. And that's from when he first came on tour to today. That's, you know, that's what Tiger Woods is about. Hunter Mahan joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Get him on Twitter at Hunter Mahan. He's Rich Ornberg on Dan Byer sitting in for Doug Gottlieb today. Um, since Rich mentioned your, your playing career, you did finish top 10 three times at Augusta. What, what are these guys going through? How, does, how is this evolution over these four days? What were your experiences when you played well at Augusta? What, you know, what, is, what is a John Rahm or a Victor Hovland going to feel like? What is you know, a guy who's four shots back you know, after today going to feel like? How does this, how does this weekend kind of evolve for a player that's in contention? Well, yeah, it uh, looks like weather is going to play a factor into this week in, in a big way. Um, I think you know this is to win a major championship or to win an Augusta, um, you're going to have to bring your mental strength for all four days. Like, this is just such a grind um, playing here. There's For all the great opportunities there are, there's always these challenges and these holes where you can you really got to watch this putt because it's super super fast and you got to pay attention on this shot because there's maybe a water over here or you don't want a bad angle it's just the course is so artistic and it's so interesting to play and it can evolve and change throughout the week really depending on the weather so 
I think no matter if someone shot seven under or even par today, I think they know that they still have three days to uh, make up shots or they still have three days to compete and to grind against the best players in the world. Yeah, Hunter, I, I'm, when I think about the Masters, I just think about pressure, you know, because I'm sure for the many golfers, or I shouldn't say many, it's really select, uh, who have walked those same holes that the greats have and, you know, observing those who are still wearing their green jackets, that's that's got to – that's just got to play different, you know, psychologically than any other tournament. Is that accurate? Like, I mean, is, is it truly the mystique that makes that, that place different from other places that – even majors that golfers have to compete in? Well, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, contrary to Gary Player, I do think this is the best major – to win in the world i think it's the most exciting and it's the most it's you're walking every step you're walking the greats have walked and you're hitting the shots that they hit you can't really say that after maybe won a british or a pga it could they're always a kind of different courses right so you rarely get those moments to where tiger chipped in from here you know um you know, Seve hit this incredible shot. Norman did this. Nicholas hit that five iron, tiring high, made eagle. Like all these moments that every golfer is watching today and this weekend, they can find a moment that when they watched it in the past that the champion did this or this happened or something amazing, right? Like you can feel it. Every time I see the hole, I can flash back to what I did when I played and, and the great things that happened and the bad things that happened. So it's just. Having it be there and having all the players, the form of the champion center, there's so much history and nostalgia to it that I think golf fans absolutely love. And I know all the players do. And it's a, it's a special, special place to um, to get to go at just from a fan perspective and to, for myself to have played it. Played as an amateur was truly, truly special. Um, and, and to play it so many times and, and kind of been in the hunt, you know, with Fred Couples on Sunday, which is, you know, one of the coolest experiences of my life to be with Fred Couples on a Sunday, trying to contend, trying to compete, trying to win um, at the Masters and just sitting on a, the top of 15, looking down to my left um, and hearing all the roars. It's just so, it's so powerful, right? It's like a religious experience for any golfer. That, that's what I wonder, and, 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 and we'll let you go here in a sec, but it, it's, I, I usually think, and I have not performed at the level that either of you guys have, Rich in the NFL or you on the PGA Tour, not, not even close. But I would think that once, you know, if Rich is two minutes into a football game, once you get a couple of hits, you settle in. Um, I'm sure after the first tee, I would imagine, you know, you hit your second shot, you kind of start to settle into the round. Augusta, to me, seems like the place that it pops up, um, as you mentioned, like on 15. I would think just walking from 11 to 12 is where it brings you back to almost first tee jitters. Is there, is there anything like that? Is there anything comparable into what I'm saying when you play Augusta? Um, or yeah, are you just settled those... in or focused in and, you know, 12 is 12 and you got to make par or birdie or whatever? I think after, you know, a few times you get to play. But I think playing Thursday or Friday is kind of special in the club. But when, when you're on the weekend and you're kind of in contention or you can kind of see yourself on the leaderboard or, or things like that, you know, you, you're walking to 12 and you're hearing the fans clap. There's such a... Um, you know, a church feel to it, right? Everyone is, everyone is on their best behavior when they go to Augusta because no one can really step out of line, fans or players or whatnot, right? So everyone's attention and respect for the event and what the players are doing and what the fans are experiencing is, is there's nothing there's nothing better. And I always, like, like I said, the back nine is so special and it's so incredible. They're so unique. 12 is such a unique hole 
because it looks so docile, but there's so many, there's so many traps to it. And the par five, you know, you can, a lot can happen. Uh, like I said, I always felt like standing on 15 in that fairway, looking down at that hole, seeing 16. I've got 17 to my right. You can almost see guys teeing off on 18 and then 14 and 13 and hearing the tee shots in 12. It's just like so much is going on from that place. It's, it's hard to describe because when you're playing such a big tournament and there's so much going on, it's kind of wild to be experiencing all of that at once. Yeah, what you're describing is actually so interesting, I think, because I played, you know, at Happy Valley, uh, Beaver Stadium, Penn State, where, you know, 108,000 people will show up, 110,000 people will show up for a night game, and those whiteout games, or I've been to Notre Dame, I played there, I, you know, played at Lambeau Field, and a lot of people ask those questions like, hey, you know, what's it like? And I think I, I think almost in every case, I say uh, every place I've been, it always kind of seems smaller in person or more intimate yeah. in some way in person. Uh, yeah, and, and I was about to ask you, like Augusta National, on television, everything looks so big. Like it feels yeah. like there's space and it's just this gorgeous flowing course. But I mean, is it – I mean, when you're there, when you're actually on a tee box, I mean, it's tight, right? Like you're, you're right next door to your neighbors teeing off like you just described. Yeah, you're, you're 100% right, and it's so cool when you get there, there's the clubhouse, and then you kind of walk out to the practice putting green in the first hole. Everything is a pretty aggressive slope away from you, and everything goes down pretty quickly to 12. 12 is like the lowest spot of the course. So when you go there, I remember the, the first caddy I had, he was a local caddy there who's you know seen thousands and thousands of rounds. The first piece of advice is find 12 and know that every putt is going to go there. Every putt is just going to fall there because basically that's just – you dropped a bunch of rain, the rain would just fall all the way down uh, to the 12th green. And so that was kind of their first piece of advice. And then, like you said, you're walking through fans almost on every tee box. And one of the coolest places has always been like 12 and 13 because 12, there's no fans around. And there's this delayed reaction of when you make a putt. Like you hit it, you're watching it goes in, and you have a reaction, and you kind of look at your caddy or whatever, and then the fans see it. And so there's this weird, there's always these personal uh, moments at Augusta where you're just kind of there with the other golfers, which is really special. And there's all these times where you're going through kind of 15 and 16 where you're going right past the fans and you're kind of, it feels like you're actually in, you know, you would be in the stands, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, when you're standing there trying to hit your shot. <laughs> that's it's amazing. Crazy. You know, even as a spectator, that's what hit me about 12 is we couldn't really see what you guys were doing no. on the green. We just yeah. kind of had to take your word for it. You know? yeah, exactly. Well, watch what you did. Hunter, we appreciate the time, man. Great insight, great stories. And, uh, yeah, let's do it again soon. How about that? Thank you, Dan. All right. Go Xander. He's my man <laughs> this week. Yeah. All yeah, right. Shoffley. There it is. Uh, Hunter Mahan. Get him on Twitter, at Hunter Mahan. Uh, PGA Tour, six-time PGA Tour winning winner joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. He's Rich Hornberger. I'm Dan Byer. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. Victor. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. 
Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Pava now for a three here at hole number two. Plays this ball out to the right-hand side, gets it tapped up on that right-hand side. Now coming down towards the hole, breaking to the left, and he's got it. Two under par for Victor Hovland after the second hole. That was the progressive play of the day. Progressive making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Victor Hovland, the eagle on the par 5 second hole, courtesy of Sirius XM Masters Radio, helped him grab a share of the lead. First round continuing of the Masters. Uh, Hovland at 7 under par, tied with John Rahm. He's Rich Ornberger. I'm Dan Beyer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show, live from the TireRack.com studios. And Rich, there's some unfinished business yes it's game time part two this is game time game time on the doug gottlieb show yes uh, usually we do the press here but this game was just too good to pass up it's burt blylevin's birthday he's 72 
I think Bert B. Home Bly Levin is one of Chris Berman's greatest nicknames. So an hour ago, Rich and John went head to head and tried to determine if these were actual athlete nicknames given by Chris Berman. Rich, you have a 4-2 lead. How does it feel to have that edge over John? Well, listen, uh, we came out hot, and uh, look, we knew that John was going to do what he did there at the end of the first half, and we just got to keep doing what we came here to do, which is uh, play hard and uh, and be about the task. I'm not concentrating on what my opponent's doing. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to work my speak. game plan. Yes. yes. Well, John, since you trailed, you're going to go first here, where points are doubled. Ooh. Yes, these Whoa. are two points. Isaac Lohenkron is at the uh, jury judging desk. John Ramos, are you ready to go first off? Trying yes. to determine if these nicknames were actually uh, nicknames uh, given by Chris Berman. Uh, all right. How about Rick? See you later, Aguilera. Jeez. Um, I'm going to say no. I actually can't believe what I just saw. That is incorrect. That Dang was. It. Yes. When you hear Berman, that's wrong. When you hear the bell, it means it's correct. All right, Rich. What about Matthew Stafford infection? <laughs> no. No, that is correct. Wow, Rich is out to a 6-2 lead. John, there's still room. Is All there? Right? Yes. What about Kirk? 24 states won't allow you to marry your first cousins. Is that a Chris Berman nickname, or is that a made-up nickname for Kirk Cousins? That one is made up. Wow. It is true, though. 24 states. Is that What's true? up with the other 26 is my question. I was going to say, that sort of feels like we need sweeping <laughs> yeah. reform. And why you're researching that is another question. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. What about Tiger, Rich? Uh, this is for uh, two points. John's within two. Tiger, the cops busted our party in the woods. <laughs> Tiger Woods, no. subject of that nickname. That is not a Chris Berman nickname. Oh, that is correct. That is correct. <laughs> All right, John, what about Chuck New Kids on the Knoblock? Yes. Oh. That is correct. Yes. John keeping pace still within arm's length. What about Dansby? The best TV dinners are made by Swanson. Dansby Swanson. I will say those are damn good TV dinners. Hungry but Man. Unfor- unfortunately, is not a Chris Berman nickname. Now that is correct. That is correct. All right, John, you're going to need these to really, to really yeah, keep in touch. Close, it's ten yep. six. What about oh, former Charger running back Marion? I like big butts. Oh my, Marion butts. This is this could be for the whole thing right here. Yes. I'm going to say yes. I actually can't believe it. That was a baby got running back. (laughs) (laughs) I was going through. uh, Did you hear that new Sir Mix-a-Lot song? We use that for uh, Marion Buckstar. All right. Uh, How much time do we have left in the game, John? Oh, last one, Rich. All right. What about Tom Cotton Candiotti? Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. That's it. Rich Orenberger, the winner. The winner today. Happy birthday to Burt Bly Levin. I, I'm sure we are the only show wishing him a happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this was fun. Let's do it again tomorrow. How about that, Rich? Sounds good to me. I'll All be right, here. he's Rich Orenberger. I'm Dan Bayer. This has been the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do 
and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network. Available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.